and then 11 o'clock as well. So we're glad that you're here today. Some of you uh, online, some of you actually here. Uh, that's great. Uh, I, I wanted to play that little video in the beginning because community is so important to us. You know, just a few weeks ago, uh, the, the message was that, that we just need a little bit of encouragement and, and that, that small group community and then the larger group that we call the church, we are the church, as we gather together is so vital for us uh, as believers. And, and so we have for a time not been able to gather together in person. We, we will begin that next week. Now, um, we, we have stuff on Facebook. We have stuff on our website. You can go there and, and look at all those uh, the, the kind of reopening guidelines uh, that we have. We're trying to do everything as safely as we can. Um, but l- let me just say, I, I, I know that, that there are some people that are saying, I'm not sure I'm ready to come back. In fact, I talked with someone just a couple of days ago that said, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready just yet. That's okay, because we plan on doing everything digitally that we are doing currently, and we'll probably add to that as we go. So, so don't worry. If you think, ah, I'm, I'm not sure I want to risk it, then, then uh, you just keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep doing what we're doing and just add on to that. We'll try to stay in touch with you, connect with us digitally through all the ways uh, that, that we have. So th- there's my little commercial, but community is so close to my heart. I, I, I have to have uh, fellowship together. So thankfully, I've had uh, through this time my my band of brothers that have been meeting uh, on Tuesday night, some on Zoom and, and some in person. Uh, but we're going to be able to, uh, in a limited way at least, uh, be able to start getting back together uh, this next week. I'm excited. And, and uh, if you're not, that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll rejoice with you as you jump in on Zoom. We have our, our hostess that uh, will chat with you on there so you guys can say hi to one another. Uh, one of these days, I want to try this. A friend of mine tried it, and I talked to one of the people that goes to his church, and, and he said it was messy, so I think we ought to try it. Uh, to do a Zoom fellowship, I think it would be fun to get 50 people on Zoom and try to talk with one another. I just want to see how that works. So, so you'll, you'll hear more about that. We'll set that up uh, one of these days and, uh, and just experience chaos together. Why not? We're the family of God. We're the church. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us today, whether you're joining us online or whether you're here in person. And, and we're going to continue in our series in Luke. And I have really enjoyed this series. I, I love doing this in Scripture anyways because the continuity just really kind of helps you. You get to build on it, and, and it begins to make more sense. You have a lot more context uh, that, that goes along with it. And so today, uh, we're in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 57. I know, that's like one of the... Luke, you can tell that the, the guy wasn't into short writings. He was a really detailed kind of guy. And, and so one of the... It's the only gospel that goes this long um, in, a, in a verse. You have, wow, 80 verses in Luke chapter 1. Uh, I, I was beginning to look ahead just a little bit. And, and, and trying to see how far out this one will go. And, and I think I've just about figured if you turn to the end of Luke, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. And I think time-wise, right when we get to that part, he's going to be coming back. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Thank you for the, the obligatory chuckle from the back. I, I need a laugh track when there's nobody here. It really kind of helps me. Although I get the same silence when the place is full, too, with some of my jokes. So we are in now 
So last week we were talking about Mary's song of praise. And so now we're, we're at the place where John uh, is born. And so let me pick up verse 57 with you. And, and I'm going to read this. It's a little bit long, but it's important that we get the, the whole picture here and then we're going to dive into it and, and kind of uh, look at it closely. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he, what he wanted him to be called. I just have to stop here. I'm sorry. You remember, you remember what happened. Zechariah is a priest. He's in the temple. He's doing his priestly duties. It's his turn to be in the temple. He's by himself. The angel Gabriel shows up, and the angel Gabriel tells him that God has heard their prayers, that God is going to give them a son, tells him some amazing things about this baby that's going to be born to him. And Zechariah's response is basically, prove it. And so the angel Gabriel, what he said actually was, how do I know that this will happen? How do I know this, these things will happen? And the angel Gabriel says, okay, well, I'll give you a sign. You're not going to be able to speak until all of these things have been accomplished. So we, we know because we remember basic biology. That's about nine months, right? So for nine months, Zechariah has not been able to speak. So Zechariah, I can't imagine what that would be like. My, my kids, they, they actually want to see me to go like a week with laryngitis that used to be a yearly thing for me before i came here and thankfully not anymore because that's a excruciating week when i can't talk for me it's like heaven for everybody else so so zechariah is having uh, he can write uh, but but he's having to to do signs and motions now i went back because when i got to this part I had to I had to like check myself. Have you ever done that in scripture? You're like, why? Well, I think that's true, but I want to be sure. So I had to go back and make sure that the angel Gabriel said that Zechariah could not speak. Right. He could still hear. But but look what they do. It says, and they made signs to his father inquiring. What? He wanted him to be called. I can just imagine Zechariah at this point going, people, I can hear just fine. <laughs> I just can't speak. But can you picture that? So they're making signs to him. What do you want him to be? So, so I think Zechariah, I think the next sign he made probably was, you know, give me something to write with. So, so here's what it is. It says, uh, and he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, and I love this, his name is John. And they all wondered, and immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country. I like all the alls here, y'all. All the hill country of Judah, and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord is with him. Let me pray. And then we'll we'll dig into this a bit more. Father, you're amazing. Your word just continues to astound us. Lord, for some of us, we've been reading your word for over 35 years. And, and yet, Father, it's always alive. It's always fresh. It's always new. Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you would take your word and that you would apply it to our hearts, that you would do more than encourage us, although we pray for that too. 
We, we pray that you would do more than move us, although we pray for that too. But God, I pray that through your spirit and your word, you would change us, make us into the image of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray, amen. So, so here we are. We're in, in this, this part that the baby, this anticipated baby, this amazing child uh, is born. And I, I don't know if, if any of you have, have had this experience, uh, any of you older ones, we've got some of our teens here, so no, this would be a no for you. But, but whenever, uh, parents, w- whenever you, you were going to have your child, did you get like a lot of input about names from other people? Did, did you get that? You know, right? I, I know my, I, I, well, I didn't have a boy anyway, so this would have been really odd. My dad's name was Tommy Hugh. My name is Larry Hugh. By the way, we have a guy in that church. His name is Larry Rue. I mean, just one letter different. That's amazing to me. Anyways, so Hugh seems to be something my dad intended to pass down. He never told me that, um, which is great because Hillary Hugh would just be weird. Hope Hugh would even be weirder, you know, just two, two one-syllable words. But, but we we just had some names that that we just liked and you guys i don't know if you remember this parents you know you get the baby book of names and you the name and what the name means and and i'm real i love language and and i just like the way it flows and so i had to i had to like make sure that the first name flowed with the second name syllable wise well we had a few names picked out for hillary um it was hannah and haley were were the other names and and so we were we were Cynthia got pregnant at the same time that our, our worship leader, we call them music ministers back in those days, our music minister, his wife got pregnant, and they beat us to the punch. And they're going to name their kid Hannah. And that was one of the names we were going to pick. We're like, man. Well, then, then she miscarried, and we're like, well, certainly no way now. I mean, you know, we can do that. So go to Haley. Well, then she got pregnant again, and now she's going to name the baby Haley. And we're like, ah, you know, so so Hillary, that was one of the names I like. Hillary Marie just seems to flow. I mean, just I like the way that works. Marie is after my grandmother, um, Lois Marie. The whole different story there, but I'll tell you that some other time. So anyways, we, we're getting input and, and I just like the name Hillary. Well, we had no idea when we were picking out names that there's this guy named Bill Clinton that was going to run for president and his wife's name was Hillary. And everybody's like, oh, you're naming your your kid after the. You know, the president's wife, and like, no, he's kind of like the name. I mean, you know, just it's a name. And the middle name is named after my grandmother, but it's just a name. So we got lots of input uh, about that name. Um, this, is, this is something that, that we, we really kind of don't get a lot, um, or we don't understand a whole lot. As much as we might get, get uh, some input about names, in this day and age it was huge especially when it was a boy because he was going to carry on the family name and so we get into this and and uh let me just kind of give you the the big idea uh right up front just in case i i forget to mention it toward the end The, the the big idea is this sometimes we need to stand on what the lord has said even when our friends and our family disagree. Have you ever been there? Sometimes you just have to stand on what the Lord has said and your family and your friends disagree. I remember one of the, the, 
I, I guess, biggest steps of faith I had to do. I, I knew God was calling me to, to go somewhere else and be pastor. The church that I was at, they already had one. And since he wasn't going to leave, I knew if I was going to be lead pastor, I was going to go somewhere else. And, and I talked with him. We'd already begun to, to look at churches, but I knew they needed to get a new guy in my position before the fall. And so I did something that's crazy. This is as close to, to following in Abraham's footsteps I've ever gotten, I think. I resigned my position, gave them 30 days, resigned my position at that church with no prospect of a church to go to. And my father-in-law thought I had lost my mind. I mean, that was nuts. What, he said, Larry, you don't ever resign a job unless you have another job. I said, I just feel like that's what God is really calling me to do. I know that I'm going to have to travel around and preach and visit with churches, and they need, they're going to be starting new stuff up in the fall. I was administrative pastor, so finances and facilities in a big church, that's a big job. And, and so I, I did that. And, and he was pretty cool about it. You know, he he little trouble in the beginning, and, but, you know, they were, they were really supportive. They always have been in, in our, our marriage, our ministry. And, and then there was a church that wanted me to come in view of a call. And it's in East Texas. That's where my family's from, East Texas, where they have chiggers. If you've never experienced those, God bless you. Um, and, and so, uh, but, but it was a neat situation, very similar to the situation, the church that I was at, uh, the, you know, that I'd gone through there with them. They didn't have a constitution and bylaws. They had 15 acres of land. They needed some organization, some structure. I had just finished that in the four years at the church that I'd been at. And, and really similar. It was really kind of cool. The people were super nice, but I prayed all through this. We began, God, I don't want to just hear a no. You ever prayed that? Lord, if you don't want me to go through that door, close it. I prayed differently. Lord, I need to have perfect peace. I need to hear a definite yes when we get to the church that you want me to go to. So they called me, wanted me to come in view of a call, which if you know most anything, that's like 99% done. If you're going to go there in view of a call, you're probably going to go be their pastor. And I prayed for three days. I said, man, I need to pray about this. So for three days we prayed, and I didn't hear anything from God. I didn't hear a no, but that's not what I was praying. I was praying for a yes. And if my father-in-law wasn't convinced I was already crazy and maybe a little irresponsible, whenever I told that church that I had to say no, he said, Larry, you never turn down one job offer unless you've got another one there. And then it was silence for just a few months with churches. So I kind of know what that's like a, a, a little bit. Sometimes you just have to take a stand and, and your family and your friends, they, they may disagree. They may not understand. They might think that, that you're losing your mind just a little bit. But I believe that there is, if you haven't come upon it yet you will there will be a time in our life where we just have to stand on what god says now i i began preparing this message a couple of weeks ago uh before all this other stuff happened but i just feel like i need to say are you guys ready taking a stand does not mean rioting and looting i cannot believe what is happening across this nation so when I'm talking about that, we as Christians and maybe even sometimes we as a church may have to take a stand on what God says. It's not like that. 
when we take a stand, we take a stand firmly on what God says. I know, I know we need to stand up when there's injustice. I get that totally and completely. But listen, particularly for believers, it doesn't involve rioting and looting. There may be a day in our country, I don't know, but there may be a day where it's illegal to gather together to worship. We got real close, didn't we? There may be a day, now this is a little different circumstance and situation, but there may be a day where we have to take a stand. And you know what? It should always look like Jesus when we do. Uh, I, I got, uh, you know, the media is showing all of the riots, the looting, the fires, all this other stuff happening. Uh, they're not showing some of the other things. I saw some, some pictures and some videos of huge groups that were gathered together praying, holding hands. That's taking a stand. So I just felt like that, that was your little, little note in the message. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is taking a stand on God's word, even if we take heat for it. Taking a stand on God's word, even if the heat that we get maybe comes from our friends and our family. Sometimes you, you may have to do that. It may be in your life personally. It may be as a church that we have to do that. It may be across this nation one day as believers. I, we're so, I guess, spoiled, isolated isn't a good word, word here. But, but we don't understand that there are believers across this world who are daily taking a stand for their faith in Christ and losing their lives. Do you know that's still happening, right? There may be a day when we have to take a stand. And so in there, there's, there's a couple of things that you need to understand. And we're going to pick apart this scripture just a little bit. One is this, that sometimes we, we may need to take a stand when the pressure is great. In Luke 159, it says, On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. We do that sometimes. I mean, we, we name people. I told you my oldest daughter, her, her middle name is after my grandmother, who was one of the ones who led me to faith in Christ. Our naming after people is nothing near what it was in the New Testament. This was huge. And when they when they came to Mary first, they, they kind of come to the wife first for a lot of things. I don't know. I guess they figure she knows everything, maybe. But they came to, to Mary, not Mary, I'm sorry, Elizabeth first. And they came to Elizabeth and they asked, and she said, his name will be John. Well, they didn't like that answer. They said, but nobody in your, your family has this name. You can't just come up with a name out of nowhere. And in that day, they didn't. Names were significant. We We have to look in the the baby book of names to find out what your name means maybe but then it was a part of their language they knew exactly what the name meant jacob cheater <laughs> dude came out hanging onto his brother's heel he was a heel grabber that's his name i, I love nabal I, I think i'm uh, i'm saying his name right um really kind of comes against david early early on and and you know <laughs> David's kind of like, you know, telling, talking to his wife, we can like wipe your whole family out, you know, all, all of you. And she says, well, his name means stupid. He is as his name. Now, that's not very respectful of your husband, but I mean, how would you, you fool? Hi, hi, my name's fool. What your name, what's your name? Big names were big for them. This wasn't a little bit of pressure. This was a lot of pressure 
from their friends and family on who to name this child after. And, and sometimes we have to take a stand when there seem to be very compelling arguments. And, and that's what they said here. None of your relatives are, why would you do that? Why do you, you can't just pick a name out of nowhere. Those seem to be compelling arguments. I'm not saying that we go against ration, that we go against reason when we take a stand for God. What I'm saying is somebody may have an argument for you not to do that. Well, if you pray in school, then that means we have to let everybody, you know, sacrifice cats or I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know where that road is that they think you're, you're going down. Prayer, prayer is dangerous, by the way, but not, not for us. There, there may be compelling arguments, but listen, we always have to take a stand on God's word. Always. We, we, we can't get around that. It, and it, it may cost you. I love uh, the, the song uh, that, that we sung, Guilty. If, if following Jesus is against the law, then I just tell you right now I'm guilty. If preaching the word of God is against the law, I just tell you right now I'm guilty. If, if there are some things that become against the law, then I'm just guilty. Now, now we're going to see in a moment, we're going to talk about some examples that means that we're willing to pay the price. And I love it. Even said that in the song, that we're willing to pay the price for taking a stand. Let me just give you some examples. And these are some examples of some guys who took a stand the right way. The first one is Noah. Do you remember that? God told Noah, I'm going to flood the earth now. It had never rained so far. And so that, that they didn't have any concept of what that would, would be. And Noah set out, I, I love, there have been a bunch of fun little skit comedies on, on this, but Noah's conversation with God as this goes. Noah built the ark, and it took a long time. It was, it was not a week or two or a three. I was trying to read up on it. it. Some say 120 years. It may have been less than that, more like 75 or something. But can you imagine? Let, let's go with that. For 75 years, Noah is building something that nobody, they have no, no reason to think that that's going to be needed. He's building this ark, the, the ridicule, the, the mocking. And fortunately for him, I guess, I don't read anything about his in-laws, but, but fortunately for him and his family kind of came along with him. I, I bet there were some discussions around the family table, though. Um, he, he did have daughters-in-law. Your dad's going to do what? Okay, well, you know, my family's going to disown me, right? <laughs> But Noah stood firm. He took a stand. Abraham, and, and I've mentioned this many times, just because this is huge for me, I cannot imagine what that discussion with Sarah was like. Honey, we're going we're gonna to move. Where are we going? I don't know. God says he'll tell us when we get there. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you sure you're feeling all right, Abraham? <laughs> But Abraham took a stand. That's not the only one. He took several. Moses took a stand with Pharaoh. God says, let my people go. Now, we again, we just don't have any comparison with this. Egypt at the time was probably the most powerful nation on earth. 
huge. And here's one guy that says, my God says you need to let his people go. And he took a stand. That's a a big step of faith to be able to do that. And then I was talking about this with someone earlier this week, uh, Daniel. We know that one, that, that biblical account, not, not a Bible story, but a biblical account of Daniel, who, this is one, this would never happen in the U.S. Um, he wasn't allowed to pray to his God. That kind of happened in school. And, and, and the, the others who were jealous of him because Daniel rose to great power and they didn't like it because he, he wasn't even, he was a Jew. Jews shouldn't be in, in that position of power. And, and they came up with a scheme and, oh, great king, I think, I think that you need to make an edict that if anyone prays to any other god, but our God, that, that they'll be killed. And Daniel did every day. And then his buddies, whose names are just fun to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to worship Nebuchadnezzar. That, that's such a fun story to read. Um, not a story, an account, I'm sorry. That, 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 that amazes me all the way through, but they took a stand, and they... Here's basically what they said. We know that God can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship anyone other than him. Then you have David, King David, the man after God's own heart, who after being anointed king, there was still this little bit of an issue. There still was a king. His name was Saul, and Saul kind of went a little bit nuts, was trying to kill David and and David and his men were being hunted by Saul and his army, the army of Israel. And, and David and his men are hiding in a cave. And here comes Saul, and he's by himself. And they could have killed him easily. And David took a stand. I can't imagine what kind of pressure. David is really putting his leadership uh, on the line with these men that he knows is his, his only chance to save God other than God. David says, no, I will not lay a hand on God's anointed. David knew that he could have at that moment lost any kind of leadership influence he had with his men. He said, no, he he took a stand. Then we get to the New Testament. There's Peter and John. One of my favorite accounts, I have lots. (laughs) One of my favorite accounts in Scripture, Peter and John healed a guy. They let everybody know that Jesus... You know, he's healed in the name of Jesus, and they're teaching in the name of Jesus. They get brought in by the religious leaders. This is in the book of John. And, and the religious leaders rough them up a little bit, put them in over jail overnight, bring them out the next day and say, hey, there's no doubt here that, that a miracle has happened. But here's what we want you to say. We want you to say God performed this miracle. We don't want you to teach anymore in the name of Jesus. If you can just do that, just don't talk about Jesus. Just say God. Just keep it generic. Just say God. Don't talk anymore about Jesus. It'll all be good. Now, that, that almost seems like a decent little compromise, right? You guys can talk, talk about God all you want. Ask people to follow God all you want. Talk about how God's gracious and he's merciful and he's kind and he's wonderful and he's holy and he's just... just 
just don't talk about the Jesus part. Peter and John, I love their response. And, and, and I'll, I'll say it basically like they said, then give you my, my paraphrase. They said, whether it's right to obey you, then God, you decide. But as for us, we cannot help but talk about the things we've seen and heard. Let me give you my paraphrase of that. You guys do whatever you have to do according to your law. But as for us, we're going to have to keep talking about Jesus. We're just going to have to. And we'll, we'll take, suffer the consequences. And I love after that account, you know what they did? They went back to the disciples. The first thing was they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. Boy, that's hard. Because I would have been like, I think I'm calling my lawyer. <laughs> I'm going to take this to Facebook. <laughs> We're going to have a rally. Maybe that's because we're in america and that's the way we do stuff you know what they did they first of all said lord thank you that you counted us worthy to suffer for the name of jesus i I haven't heard that in america a lot the second thing they did is they went back with the disciples they recounted everything and they formed a prayer vigil and you know what they prayed they prayed for boldness to continue to speak and teach in the name of jesus You know what they're saying? They're saying we're going to take our stand no matter the consequences. And and you know what? We're not going to pray that God would keep us from the consequences. God, just give us boldness. They didn't pray for protection. They didn't pray God would change the mind of the leaders. There's some prayers of David I know we want to grab, you know, Lord, afflict them and make their nose fall off and stuff like that, but... They just prayed for boldness. Lord, help us to be bold in the face of adversity, bold in speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus. I love that. So when we take a stand, we, we have to realize that the stand, it has to be on God's word. It has to be done in the right way. And, and we have to be prepared to pay the price for the stand. But you know what? When we take a stand on what God says, there's a couple of things that will happen. Verse 62 and 63. It says, and they made signs to his father. Remember, he can't speak. He can still hear. But anyways, they made signs to his father, inquiring him what he wanted to be called. I love Zechariah's response. He asked for something to write with. And he wrote this. His name is John. No debate, no discussion. His name is John. And you know what happened immediately after that? Immediately. His mouth was open, his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. There's freedom. When we stand on what God's word says, there's freedom. And and, and here's part of what that is. We don't have to decide If this is right or wrong, we're standing on God's word. It's right. And when we do that, the second thing that we can see God God do is he moves. 
Zechariah experienced freedom just by standing on God's word. God loosed his lips and he praised God. But, but immediately afterwards, it says, And fear came, this is verse 65, Fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. When, when Zechariah took a stand, not only did he experience the freedom of being under God's rule, the freedom of standing on God's word, knowing that God was going to take care of it. But God began to move, not just in his heart, although certainly, not just in Elizabeth's heart, although certainly, not just in their family and their friends, although certainly. It says, in all the hill country of Judea, God moved and everyone was saying, what is God going to do through this child? They began to anticipate the move of God, and he had already begun in their hearts. So let me encourage you today. I I don't know what you're going through at home. I don't know what you're going through in your life, your work, your family, your friends, your community. Uh, We kind of know what we're going through together uh, in our state and our nation. But let me encourage you to stand firm on the word of God. Take a stand on God's word. Do what God says because he says it. I used to hate that when my daddy told me that. Dad, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. He didn't know it. Well, what he was really doing is trying to help me. He didn't know this, but he was helping me understand what obedience looks like in God's eyes. When God tells us to do something, you know why we should do it? Because he said so. Because he said so. So I want to encourage you to take a stand in your life on God's word. As a church, I, I commit to you that we will always do that as a church. We do what we do because God says to do it. And, and it comes in line with his principles. Navigating these these strange times that we're in is, is has been a little bit hard we want to take a stand on god's word we want to do it in a way that's loving and kind and compassionate and certainly safe as we reopen and we're taking every reasonable precaution that we can Uh, so for those of you come back you're going to notice some things are different you come in one door you go out the other we have to shoo you out after the service um, because we have to reset and and really you know the whole point is not to to congregate just yet um but, but to, to, to try to be as safe as we can. Um, but we will always stand on God's word as a church. I don't know any other way. I just, I don't. And we'll, we'll, we'll flesh that out on application always the best way we can. There may be a day when, when taking a stand is going to cost us might cost us a friend might cost us a relationship with a family member it might cost us in a citation it might cost us uh, in imprisonment there are people every day that are paying the price with their life just take a stand on what god says let me ask you 
you had to do that today, could you? Is your relationship with the Lord at a place that you could say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to give it my all. I'm, I'm going to take a stand regardless of the cost. Are you there? I'm not, now I'm not trying to, I'm not going to be a prophet for you and tell you we have to do that anytime soon. I just want to know, are you there now? Could you do that today? Because that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. Your life is not your own. You belong to him. Are you at the place in your walk with Jesus that you could take a stand no matter the cost? And if you're not, can I just encourage you to do something? Would you just today, as we enter this time of invitation and response, say, God, would you bring me to that place? That's a cool thing about walking with the Lord. We don't do the work in our heart. He does. We just need to ask him and let him. Lord, would you do the work in my heart that only you can do to bring me to the place that I could say today, I will take a stand on your word no matter the cost. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you say, no matter the cost. And if you never come to the place where you've given your heart and life to Christ, would, would you do that today? There are some, uh, maybe even some that are watching online that say, I don't even know how to do that. Well, God's made it really simple. Are you ready? There's no magic prayer. Um, We don't even get a a secret handshake afterwards. Peter's prayer in Scripture was the shortest one I can find, and yet I I think it, it is an expression of a heart of someone coming to faith in Christ that is perfect. Remember, Peter's walking on the water. Jesus called him out. Peter's walking on the water. He starts looking at the wind and the waves, and he starts to sink. Now, you don't have a lot of time for a really flowery prayer in that moment. Peter said, Lord, save me. And he did. Coming to faith in Christ is that simple. The way it's talked about all the way through Scripture is that we believe, that we trust we lean on him for our salvation and if you've never done that i would just encourage you to do that today to say lord save me (laughs) the cool thing is he does for everyone who calls upon the name of the lord will be saved he does and then he does all the work of changing our hearts and helping us to understand giving us the holy spirit teaching us and there are those of us who did that over 35 years ago and he's still working in our hearts and he's still working through his Holy Spirit in our lives and he's still teaching us and he's still changing us. So if you've never done that, let me encourage you to do that today. And if you have, but, but your honest answer to the Lord today is, I don't know that I'm at the place that I could pay the price for following you. Would you just ask him to get you there? And he will. Let's pray together. Lord, You're amazing. I thank you for your love. The way that you move and work in our hearts just just continues to astound me. And God, I I pray uh, that, Lord, for each of us, that you would work in us, that you would change us, that you would move us, bring us to the place that we could honestly say, today, God, I will take a stand no matter the cost. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever, no matter the cost. God, if we're not there, would you get us there? Lord, if there's someone who 
is listening to this, watching this, or here now that has never put their faith and hope and trust in Christ. Lord, would you just draw them to you? Give them the courage and the boldness to do that. We ask this in the amazing name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.